Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and this is episode 50. We are nearing the end as we've been reading the Bible together. Joining us today are Josiah Fox and Eli Vaughn, and we have had a great discussion about the things that God uses to transform our hearts, and uh, we talk a little bit about Romans too. So stick around for a great conversation. Josiah and Eli, welcome back. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having us. Glad you guys are here. Eli, you've, uh, and as we uh, are recording this, uh, you've just finished up a semester of school, of college. Uh, Josiah, uh, you and Allie and Eleanor are uh, experiencing a lot of lasts as you're getting ready to to move. Yeah, a lot of lasts. Yeah, which uh, that in itself carries a lot of... uh, uh, a lot of emotion and a lot of um, just heaviness, I, I I suppose. Yeah, very bittersweet. Yeah, uh, but excited about what, what you're headed off to do. Yeah, oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah. And the thing I appreciate about, about both of you guys is I know that you are very prayer, prayerful, very intentional, as you guys seek out to to make big decisions in your in your life and trying to figure out okay what's the what's the lord doing here so i was wondering since we've been reading the bible together and this whole podcast is about uh uh talking about the bible talking about the things that we've been reading and noticing mm-hmm. together but as you guys make uh kind of these big decisions in your life or we think about um the idea of this is what I'm called to do. What role has uh, scripture played when you make those kinds of decisions or the way even you view um, trying to live your life within the context of what you sense is God's calling or God's will for, for your life? It's a really great question. I think just off the top of my head, when I, as I like process it, it's, changed the role that scripture holds um especially as my view of of god continues to grow i've really in the past year become more convinced of the need to not just think about god correctly or teach about god correctly or pray or worship or do whatever correctly and more so experience the presence of God. If if what the Bible says is true, then every morning I have the opportunity to sit mm. and and walk through my day with the God of the universe. To be actually experientially aware of who he is yeah. and what he has for my life. And so as that's grown and I've begun to to practice that scripture has held many different roles. Yeah. Um, sometimes as I read scripture, it teaches me to Paul's point And uh, I think it's second Timothy three. It teaches you what is uh, right and what is wrong. 
mm-hmm. with your life and very much as God's used it as a tool to refine my worldview, uh, which is hard. Yeah. But it's also been a place where I hear the intimate whispers of my Savior as I sit with Scripture and, and things come out and I'm like, oh, like, thank you. I needed to hear that. And there's other times that I'm reading it and it turns into prayers for other people. I'm like, oh God, I know that there's these people in my life that aren't experiencing this reality of your kingdom and I want them to have that. And so scripture is this beautiful, multifaceted tool. Like it doesn't just hold one purpose in my life. There was a season this year where I was not very good at keeping up with our Bible reading, like for several months. And recently started getting back in the rhythm Mm -hmm. and would just sit for, I mean, really long chunks of time reading scripture and didn't do anything but bring me peace. Like it was just, yeah, that was it. Like I remember reading it and being like, I don't even, I'm not even fully processing the words on this page, but just having this book open changes my heart posture. Yeah. And so a long way to say it does a lot of different things and it's a beautiful tool. Like I really love my Bible. It makes me think of when you, when you talk about the, just the peace that it brings that idea that it's living and active. And even if I'm not quite grasping or processing it correctly at the moment, it's still doing a work in my life just by the simple fact that I'm sitting there with it and and reading and making an effort to submit to that. Yes, because it's a, it's a piece of literature that I truly believe is Holy Spirit inspired. Mm-hmm. And, and so the presence of God is in this book. Mm. which I read a lot of books and that's, it's a different book. Yeah. It it really does like the presence of God is soaked in this book, not just because it talks about him and, and that's what makes it active and breathing and living. Yeah. And the more aware you are of God's presence, the more uh, alive the book feels Yeah, because it's the thing that gives it life. Yeah. Eli, how about you? I think we put, um, and probably rightly so, um, a lot of emphasis on God's will for our lives. Um, as if like, it's a secret formula that we have to unlock. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that if we figure it out, then we'll be on the right path and it'll be great. And at least in my own life, I don't like consciously be like, and I'll live the perfect life and like, I won't have any discomfort or anything. Um, but I think subconsciously, that's kind of been programmed into me to feel that some way. Um, but I think recently I've been learning to um, put less less emphasis on the call of God on my heart and on my life um, and just um, to be with him, just to sit with him. And um, you can't know the desire of God for the way he wants you to live your life if you don't know his character. Yeah, and you don't know his character unless you um, meet with him. Mm-hmm. And the primary way that we get to do that as believers is in the Holy Spirit through the Scriptures. And um, I think that the Scriptures have played the biggest role in my life recently as revealing the Father's heart to me through Jesus and through the words of Paul and through the prophets and um, just the way the father loves and the way the father calls and the way the father chases and draws 
And um, that in itself is the primary driving force of my actions because if I know that I'm loved by my father, then I can live from that. And if I know that um, his desire for me is to become more like Jesus, then I can just do the things that Jesus did and take him at his word and <laughs> hear his voice and understand the way that he's drawing me and teaching me. And um, I think recently the way that's played out is um, I'm finding myself a whole lot more compassionate towards people. Mm. Um, and it's something that kind of comes a little easier to me um, than other people, but um, it's often begrudging. Like, oh, I guess I should feel compassion for this person. Um, <laughs> I guess you if look I'm going like to be you, like Jesus. Like, oh, I got to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I found myself in a posture of submission to the Father and wanting to um, feel the compassion of Jesus for this person. Mm. Like, um, if <laughs> if Jesus saw fit to die for them, then I can at least feel the compassion that he does for him, for the, this person, yeah. you know? I know for both of you, uh, a practice that has become important to you as you are processing what you're reading in scripture, uh, what your prayers are is, uh, you both write a lot down, mm-hmm. uh, journaling. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering, and that's something that I'm, that I'm not, I'm not good at. And, I don't Mm -hmm. think there's any command that says thou shalt journal (laughs) or anything like that. But I think it's a very helpful practice for a lot of people um, as they're processing their prayers, as they're processing uh, how they read scripture. Um, I was wondering if you guys just had any, or how does that work for you? I guess maybe it's a better question. Or if uh, there's someone listening and they're like, yeah, I would love to get started with that. What's a great way to get started with journaling? To do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really silly, but um, often we think there has to be some special formula to do anything. And honestly, for most everything, the best way to begin doing something is just to do it. Yeah. And, sure. and keep doing it. Yeah, and let it be yours. Like, the way I journal, or just like anything else, the way I pray, the way I read my Bible, is going to be different than the way Eli does or the way you do. Mm-hmm, sure. It's going to be different. Right. And so I would just encourage them to do it and let it be a place where you process what you need to process. Like for me, it's almost like a letter every morning that I write to the Father. Mm-hmm. Like almost every morning, Father, comma. Yeah. And then it goes. And it's a place that I I dump who I am on the pages and some, so sometimes it's like I don't know and I have to sit and, and become aware of where I'm at and some days I want to practice being thankful or being joyful or being something else and so I really try hard to be like okay what was what happened yesterday that I want to start my day thankful for Yeah. but also sometimes I get sit there and my whole life's falling apart and I'm overwhelmed and it's just mm. father bleh, you know just <laughs> yeah. everything and so I don't I don't think there's a magic formula but there is something to p- 
putting our thoughts and emotions and prayers outside of us hmm. and making them concrete that I think is special and worth doing. Yeah. Um, when I started journaling, that's not what it was. Hmm. I had a, um, an older guy in my life that I really saw more like a brother and we went on a family trip together and he came with us and we saw him like a year later. And on that trip, I remember watching him like get up early and like journal and I was kind of like, oh yeah, you know, cool. We were in Colorado, you know, it's very like Instagram-esque, like watching him on the back porch, like mountains in the background journaling. I was like, that's cool, whatever. (laughs) But he remembered so many special things from that trip that I totally forgot about. Like a year later, he he would say like little jokes we made on that trip. And, And part of that was just the way he was wired. But I was like, I want to remember things like that. And so I just started like writing, like I went to TJ Maxx, got a journal. <laughs> it was tiny and I had it for four years, like all through high school and like beginning college. And Eli laughs because I go through like six journals a year now, Yeah, like minimum. And um, it's totally changed. And when I go back and read those, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so dumb. It's just me <laughs> like, so today I uh, did, like I'm just trying something. And as I walked with Jesus, it changed yeah i um my personality is very much concerned with doing things correctly and so that like hindered me for a long time because i was afraid Mm -hmm. of like (laughs) the scenario in my head was what if somebody finds this and they read this like i want them to be able to understand what i'm feeling so (laughs) or or what if they read this and like this feels like heresy (laughs) it feels like the psalms you're like am i allowed (laughs) right to feel this way yeah so that like and it still does to some extent hinder me and the way that i uh, Mm. pour my thoughts out onto the paper but um recently i found it valuable as like a um the words in my head whenever i do it or like an emotional audit like where am I at? Like, what yeah. am I feeling? Like, just sitting with um, with with Jesus for one, and being like, okay, so like, what are the things that I'm feeling, and why might this be? It's not like tinkering with myself so much as it is like, Lord, this is where I'm at this morning, and uh, um, it's less. Um, I think there's like secular sources that would tell you that that's a good thing to do, but it's less about the value of it and more of like if I were to sit down with my best friend and be like and not like tell them where I've been recently and like my heart um and the things I've been feeling then are we really best friends like Mm. if like a husband and a wife don't tell each other like the posture of their heart then you know, there's, there's some intimacy. Is there, yeah. Is there relationship? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what the role it's taken recently. Um, but also I'm just a really distracted person and find it hard to entertain like a single thought for a long time. And so that makes praying hard sometimes, Mm -hmm. not all the time, but sometimes. Um, so being able to pray by writing is, um, very valuable. Um, and it's like, it helps, occupy that like that very technical part of your brain um so that you can you know sit with the father and um be with him and um i would echo josiah and say like it's nothing magical and um 
it's just like any other thing we do for spiritual reasons. It's not the goal in and of itself. It's right to connect absolutely with the Father and through Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, yeah. I think both of you would say that the Lord has used that practice to transform your heart. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like there's God uses that time to process and orientation as almost like a rhythm in my, in my heart. So that like there's days that I'll pray, I'll wake up and, and read my Psalm and hold, hold company with the father. And it's, it's wonderful, but it doesn't feel complete until I journal. Even if I do the whole thing and go about my day and it's great and I've reflected on it all day, I'll lay in bed at night and need to write it down. Mm. Um, There's something about writing out the story of it that makes it um, stick in me and makes it almost like the, the cherry on top, almost like brings about a form of completion and there's bullet pointing's fine, like, but for me, the our brains are wired for stories. Mm. Like anyone you love to hear speak, you you most likely love to hear them speak because they tell a story every time they speak. And so, um, our brains are wired to make stories out of things, mm-hmm. to hear stories from things, and when we have a narrative, it sticks around. Yeah. And so, writing down in a more story platform. Like often I find myself when I journal trying to find a way. Like I think about, well, one day someone will read this and I want them to know the story. And I'll change language and use verbiage and try to be more descriptive. And it actually helps me. It's not a fake form. Like I'm trying to find those things in me. And it helps me process and that whole thing stick around. Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys for speaking into that. Uh, I know that's kind of a personal thing for you, but... um I think that might add some value to to folks that are listening. And it's just sitting here listening to you guys like, man, I'm going to pull mine out more. Yeah. Also, (laughs) like for some people, like it's really easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And for some personalities, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think there's a a lot of value in it. Um, And it never hurts to try. Yeah. So you might find that it's a way that God uses to, Mm -hmm. to help you grow closer to him. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Journal as you can. Yeah. Not as you can't. So hmm. if you if you're inspired and you all you have is a couple minutes to write down some bullet points and maybe date the top of the page, do that. Yeah. But journal as you can. Yeah. That's so good. Thank you guys. Um so we're reading through the Bible together and we are almost to the end. Uh we are have read um we've gone through all the gospels. And we've done most of the book of Acts and getting into the epistles of uh, uh, of Paul. And this week particularly, our reading has taken us through the end of Second Corinthians and then all of pretty much all of Romans. Um, and Romans is one of those interesting letters. Uh, I think I've in the past, have had misconceptions about how to read and even the purpose of it. Yeah, totally. Um, but, um, and I've totally appreciate it uh, and have 
seen it in a little different light uh, over the past year, uh, which has been fun too. Um, but kind of big question, as you guys read Romans, and maybe even in just the way you think about being a follower of Jesus, uh, what are some things from that letter? And it's a letter from Paul to Christians in Rome. Uh, what are some of the things that that really capture your attention? Part a little bit more of the context of he's writing to Christians in Rome. A couple of years before this letter, the Jews were all kicked out of Rome. Right, and there was a Christian community forming that had lost touch with its Jewishness, mm-hmm. and there were Jews that were following the way of Jesus that um, had lost touch with the non-Jewishness of it all. And recently, in the context of the letter, the Jews had been allowed back into Rome and they had a very segregated community. There, There was not a lot of unity at all. And Paul's hope is one to see the church unified because he wants to use Rome as a as a launch for like Spain and to the mm-hmm. ends of the world. Like he right. wants to continue sharing the gospel. And I found it so interesting thinking of that as I read, how much of Paul's emphasis is on a right relationship with God yeah. that you would, you would actually be in a, like he interchanges right relationship and friendship um, in chapter five a lot, yep. especially that what Jesus did is it, it, it's this right relationship, not in like a judge and someone else or like a, a king and his subjects and like, okay, let me make sure that it's like, I'm doing the right thing. So I don't get punished. No. It's not that sort of right relationship, but this relationship, like with a friend mm-hmm. that you laugh together and cry together and share life together. And you n- know when it doesn't feel right you feel disconnected. You feel like you've been really quiet lately. Like, are you okay? Like, (laughs) did I say something? Did you do something? Did I miss? He's like, it made that kind of relationship. And I think that as I read it as a letter, Mm -hmm. not just like, I think Romans is often, if you've been in a men's Bible study, you've probably read Romans. (laughs) (laughs) True. Everybody wants to go there. Because they think it's a... Romans is so complicated. Yeah, yeah. we we treat it like a a theology... uh, Textbook. Textbook. Yes, often. And it wasn't written for that purpose. No, it's a letter. And and it totally changes. There's nothing... There's very deep theological truths in Romans that are critical. Absolutely but we would be missing the point to take them out of the context of a letter to a community and, and trying to unify that community. Yes. And I would challenge people to read it as a letter. Yeah. Like sometimes at night we'll have something like this and I'll ask Allie if I can read it to her. Allie's my wife. I would ask Allie if I could read it to her as we go to bed Mm -hmm. as a whole letter out loud, because that's how they would have heard it. And the person reading it would have presented it. Yeah. And, and that has changed like the way I see and experience these letters because you're able to see more or I've been able to see more of the thought process build and the message being communicated. No. Which in Romans feels like a lot of unity and right relationship with God. So then too, shouldn't we have it for each other? Mm-hmm. Here's some things that might be getting in the way of y'all's right relationship with each other. But 
really, guys, look what Jesus has done for us. Right. Yeah, your translation might call that righteousness. Um, and that's all that it is. It's just being in right relationship with God mm-hmm. and with each other. And it implies those familial, like, friendship ties of, like, deep relationship. And, like, the reality is, like, we <laughs> we we couldn't do that. And that's what Paul is talking about. It's like, you you couldn't be righteous on your own terms. Um, that's like sin is fulfilling those deepest needs on our own terms. And like what we really need is righteousness, like right standing with God and each other. And that's what Jesus came to do. He came to restore that. And um, he talks about like the law and like <laughs> people like I've misunderstood Romans so long because they like talk about how the law is obsolete and how, um, which Paul does say some, some things like that, but um, it's more so like, no, Jesus is the fulfillment of this. The law was meant to, um, to bring righteousness and righteousness is just that right relationship with God. And um, like, we couldn't do that on our own. And Jesus is the the embodiment, the essence of the law of, um, bringing that, that right relationship back to God. Yeah. Um, yeah. The law just showed us like, I mean, we've read through the Bible this year at Exodus, mm-hmm. they get presented a much shorter list of laws mm-hmm. and break them like immediately. Like they can't right. even, and God's like, okay, there's a lesson to learn here and gives them the bigger law so they can, it's like, okay, if you want to do this on your own, you don't want to have a relationship with me. You don't want to come up on the mountain. You don't want to hold communion. Then, okay, I'll give you what you want. The God, God will often give you what you want, so be careful. <laughs> um, and and so it just, Paul, Paul points out, like, it just proved we could not get righteousness on our own. Yeah. We could not, because of the our nature, we needed a heart change. And... Jesus made a way for our hearts to to be na- made new so that we can enter into a full, beautiful relationship with the God of the universe. Yeah, and so much of Romans is saying, look, for for those of you who, who are Jewish background, it, it's not about circumcision. It's not about uh, how well you keep the festivals or follow the laws. It's, it's where's your heart at, right? Mm-hmm. And then wanted... He wanted the the Gentile background believers to understand that, look, a lot of this is your heritage. Yeah. You've been grafted into this family, the family of Abraham. Yeah. And so love, love each other well. Yeah. uh, Because of what, what Jesus has done. Yeah. uh, For sure. Um, As we kind of close up, what are for you guys, a couple verses or passages and Romans that are your like, yeah. When I think about Romans, this is this is what pops into my head. There's so much, Brian. <laughs> it's such a beautiful letter. I I was like, it like, changes over the years. I think yeah. um, Romans twelve one through five have been really sweet for me um, in this season. Uh, Romans five one through five, uh, the end of chapter seven is always something I'll hang on to and use to talk about sin with people of like, 
I don't think any of us wants us to, like, no one wants to be bad on purpose. <laughs> we just lose control, and, and sometimes we get defeated and think that's the way it is. Yeah. Who will save such a wretch? Yeah. Um, but then also the beginning of, like, we're, all of Romans 8 is incredible. Yeah. And, like, talking about the love that we have access to and how mm-hmm. all creation, all of creation longs for the freedom that Jesus brought. And we're just in the beginnings of it. Yep. You know, like the whole thing, like it's just, there's so many good nuggets throughout all of it. I don't know if I could just pick sure. one. There's usually, any season of my life, there's usually a collection of things from Romans that yeah. I'm hanging on to. Yeah. I love Romans 8. Just mm-hmm. like, they're, well, it starts off with a hard hitter. Like, therefore, therefore, there's now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yep. It's like, oh, I, I don't often feel that, <laughs> but what would it look like if I actually lived into that? Yeah. Um, or even like, so what can separate us from the love of God? The, it's neither angels nor demons, height nor depth. Right. Um, yeah. Like that, like what, what would actually happen if we lived into that? Like that would be insane. Um, I think I've been struck this time around by, um, Paul says in, um, I think it's chapter seven. I've been struck this time around, um, by chapter nine, um, which it's a whole thing, but he opens by saying, man, I just wish that I, I, I would become accursed on behalf of my, my Jewish brothers that they might believe and um, find Jesus. And man, like that's heavy. If I love people that way, mm-hmm. um, I think next week we're going to read a little bit like the end of acts and talk about um, just the ending of Paul's life. If you look at the way that the end of acts is structured and Luke is the author of Acts. So if you look at the end of the way Luke's gospel is structured around the person of Jesus, you begin to see a lot of similarities between Paul and Jesus and just mm-hmm. how Paul has become a lot like Jesus through the years. And, um, man, <laughs> I want to love people the way that Paul does. Like, I and would. that's a transformation. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. Because he was, when he was still Saul, yeah. he was condemning people. Yeah. And yeah. now he's loving he was like i would give myself on behalf look at that much like somebody else that we know (laughs) yeah um i would i would give my my life like i would Mm -hmm. give my own salvation my own inheritance yeah um that i get to share in because of jesus like i would give that that my my brothers and my my sisters who are still in the old ways Mm -hmm. might know jesus yeah yeah there's a if anyone wants to have some interesting things about the life of Paul. There's a New Testament scholar named N.T. Wright who has a biography of Paul. It's really interesting. It's dense. It's yeah, it's a big book. It's not like not oh, I'll reading. read this in a weekend. But it's 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 really good and he does a great job with it. But looking at Paul's life, even after he gets saved, he's so hot headed <laughs> right out the gate. Yeah. Just so fiery and like gets worn down time and time again and but you start seeing him be formed into a person of love. Yeah. Yeah. And I Romans five, one of the sections we mentioned earlier, talks about how faith produces hope that turns us into people of love, that fills mm-hmm. us with God's love. And he says, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith. Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. 
we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that for we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Hmm. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. And he goes on to talk about when we were utterly helpless, Christ came and loved us. When we were, and when you look at Paul's life and how much it begins to look like Jesus's, it comes from a, a line of holding on to faith through suffering mm-hmm. and watching how it changed him. Like I can't help but Paul, like, vision Paul writing this letter thinking about all the change he's experienced in his person in his world because of the confident hope that Jesus allowed for us Mm. and through faith and that it's changing people into people of love when they when they're not believing correct not that they're it's when they're changing the way they live to experience the presence of God yeah not thinking, not just thinking correctly or worshiping correctly or living their life within a set of rules, but experiencing the glorious presence of God. Yeah. I think of Ephesians when he says, oh, I've, when I think of all this, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father that you would experience Christ's love. I appreciate it about both of you guys is that I think you are examples of that and you're trying to live your life that way. So thanks. It's a long process. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you. It's very kind. Yeah. Hey, and thanks for the conversation today. It's been good. Yeah, yeah so much. So much fun. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you're in Cookville and looking for a church home, we'd love to invite you to come out. And you can check out more about us at theriverCC.com. Thanks, and join us next time on The Word This Week. Thank you.